How are we feeling today, United Church? We feeling good? Yeah. Man, today is week number two of this series, Make It Count, and I am beyond excited for everything that I believe that God is going to do during this series. I wanted to kind of recap real quick before we jump in to today's message. I wanna tell you a little bit about what's coming up. If you missed last week or whatever reason you didn't hear, um, this, was, uh, this was said last week, but on December the 8th, we are actually, I'm gonna put the date right in front of you so you can see it, December the 8th, we're gonna be taking up a legacy offering. And some of you are like new to, to uh, church today and you're wondering what is legacy? What is a legacy offering? And essentially what legacy is, is everything over and above what God has called us to be obedient with. We believe that God has called us to make an impact in three different areas when it comes to legacy. The first area is in missions. We believe that God has called us to be uh, active in our local community, in our national community, and in our global community. The second thing is we believe that God has called us to be faithful through our next generation of people that we are raising up through United University, leaders who God has stirred something in their heart and they feel like God has called them to more. And the last lane, the third lane, is expansion of reaching all over the state. And I told you guys the legacy offering was going to go to things like putting coats on, uh, on students back in the Capitol School District and in the Milford School District and the Smyrna School District. I told you that we were going to partner with ARC at an even greater level. That's the organization that helped us launch our church. This is just one of the examples of a church down in Tampa that we were able to partner with and come on down and ace and American Caribbean experience in Jamaica. We're going to help them get a piece of farm equipment because they are, listen, I think that's pretty cool because they're teaching people not just, they're not just giving them fish, they're teaching them how to fish and to develop micro enterprises and help them develop all of this for themselves. And the last one, if you can't get excited about any of those things, come on, we're just going to watch the presence of God begin to expand all over the state of Delaware. And we're just going to continue to love Delaware until the heart beats like the Father's. If that gets you excited, come on, let's make some noise in here for that. It's exciting. Yeah. Pumped about that. So we are going to see that happen December the 8th. And so begin to prepare however you would see fit. I told you last week, I'm not going to tell you what to give, but I'm unashamedly going to ask you to ask God and do what he says. If that's $5, man, that's amazing. If that's 50, that's amazing. If that's $50,000, come on, somebody, I'll take you to lunch. Anyways, that's a whole nother point, but you're like, that's, that's not fair. That's favoritism. Call it whatever you want. I will take you to lunch if you get $50,000, but uh, that's besides the point. So today we jump into week number two of Make it count. And I want to ask this question because I feel like for many of us today, we could probably relate to this. Have you ever had somebody, think with me for a second, have you ever had somebody tell you how to do something after you finish something? <laughs> have you ever had somebody, they, they explained it to you, but it was a day late and a dollar short. Anybody, you ever been there? Yeah, you've had somebody. Yeah? So about 10 years ago, me and, uh, and Pastor Mark and Pastor Nick, I've been with these guys for a long, long time, and we've got so many stories. I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of the stories that I could tell you that have happened with these guys. But, but we were at Ignite Camp, and Ignite Camp has always been a, a huge part of what we do as um, a student ministry back then, now as a church because we see so many lives change. You'll actually hear a story today a little bit from Ignite Camp. But we were out at Ignite Camp, and we had this amazing idea that we were gonna make this set design. The set design is like what happens like behind um, where the communicator is and the band, everything that's behind me right now. Like you, you, you kind of get the idea. So we, we had this amazing idea. We were gonna buy boxes from Uline.com 
and we were gonna buy brown boxes, and then we were going to paint them white, and then we were gonna use lights on them and put them in three-dimensional, come on, air, like kind of zigzag and kind of make this really cool pattern. Y'all give me a little bit of break, it was 2009, okay? We were, we were balling on a budget, and so this is what we were doing, and so we decided we are gonna do this, and so we go out there, and it is like the middle of, actually early July, and we were out at Denton, Maryland, and we, are, we, we borrowed this paint sprayer from somebody, and we decided that we were going to spray all of these boxes, come on, and it was 1,454 degrees outside. That's, that's approximately how warm it was on this day. And so we go out there and we start spraying these boxes and I kid you not, every 90 seconds, the paint sprayer would clog up. And I'm telling you, these guys were my students at the time and, and, and they didn't work with me or for me at this time. And so I'm having to keep my stuff together. Come on, somebody. I'm having to act sanctified for a moment. Like, like, like it's not bothering me. I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, what the, what the enemy meant for evil. God's gonna turn it for good. It's just more time with you guys. That's exactly, that's how it started. And by the end of it, three hours into it, I am like under my breath saying words that I cannot mention from this because I am so fed up with this. Anybody ever been there? Don't be too holy for me. Don't act like that. Yeah. Some of y'all are looking at me like, did he say that? Yeah, I said it. And so we, we get this done, and we get the set design up, and I don't even want to tell you how many weeks it took for us to finish that. It didn't take us weeks. It took us a long time. So we get it all set up. It looks great. And, and, and we get to the end of camp, and, and we decided what we were going to do is we were going to take our aggression out on these boxes. And there was a bonfire that was happening the last night. And so we get all the boxes down, and we take them out to the bonfire, and we watch them burn. We were like, burn, baby, burn. Come on, somebody. Burn. Pyromaniacs. And that would have been a cool story, except the fall rolls around. And we have this big event back in the day called the Awakening at the Delaware State Fairgrounds. Come on, hurting anybody. Yeah. And we, we had it at the fairgrounds, and, and we decided um, we were going to um, do a set design with boxes. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. I wish this was a joke. And so we, we get there, and, uh, and we, we have this day planned out where um, Pastor Mark's going to be home from, from college, and Pastor Nick, they were actually like freshmen or sophomores in college at this point, and, and, and Pastor Nick was um, doing the, the seed program at this time, and so he was in Delaware, and, and we decided we were going to plan this day out. We were going to go paint some more boxes. Dear God, we were going to do it again. We were going to paint more boxes. We start walking out, I, I'm, this is no joke, we start walking out to paint the boxes, and Pastor Mark looks at me, he's like Mark at this point, little pipsqueak Mark at this time, and he says to me, Pastor Kenneth, would you be upset if I told you that you could buy white boxes? <laughs> time out. I said, Mark, when did you find this out? <laughs> Was this before camp or after camp? And your answer determines a lot. <laughs> like whether you live or not, that's what it determines. He says, I, I actually looked it up after camp and, and, uh, and I found that to be true. And, and praise be to God, Uline.com, they answer your phone before it even rings and they deliver stuff on your pillow before you even know what happened. And so we called them that day. I said, come pick up these brown boxes and deliver me some white boxes in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I just, I said, you bring them to me right now. It was one of those moments that I was like, it's so good to know that now, Pastor Mark, but it would have been amazing to know all of this in June. It would have been amazing to know all of this 
in June. And as I was thinking about this series, making it count, make it count, this is how so many of us feel about church in general. Like, Pastor, it's so amazing. I feel great while I'm here, but if I would have just known all of this, everything that we've talked about in the past weeks, in the past months, if I would have just known this two decades ago, it would have been useful information. Pastor, I think it's so cool to see God use you like that. Go for it, Pastor Kenneth, that's amazing, but, but there's no way that he could use me like this because of my past. And, and every single one of us, listen to me, we want to make it count. Every single one of us, we want to make it count desperately. And, 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 but, but how do we make it count when we feel like that, that maybe resoundingly you would answer it this way, that we feel like we've gone too far, we feel like we've done too much, or we've just completely blown it. And so today, what I wanna talk about is what I feel like is the elephant in the room for most Christians, is how do I make it count when I've got a past like I have? Like, Pastor Kenneth, how... Do I get past my past? You, you don't have to raise your hand today, but I want you to maybe acknowledge it in your mind that maybe you've thought about that before, that, that how could God use me when I've done the things that I've done, when I've experienced what I've experienced? So today, what I wanna do is I wanna continue this conversation around the man David that we started last week. And, and we talked about how David experienced the highest of the highs, he experienced the lowest of the lows, that, that if you remember in scripture that David defeated Goliath. Come on, y'all, whether you grew up in church, you've heard this story or not, that David defeated Goliath. You've heard it about sports teams, that they were the David and they were the Goliath. And, and, and this is, what, this is the, the man that we're talking about. He, through that, restored the nation of Israel. Later on, he finds himself in the lineage of Jesus. But today, we're gonna find ourselves in Psalm chapter 51. If you have your Bibles and you wanna turn with me or you wanna turn on your, your device, whatever you have, you can turn with me to Psalm chapter 51. And Psalm chapter 51 is, is a prayer that David prays after he's just made a huge mistake, and he knows it. The Cliff Notes version is this, is that David was supposed to be off at war, but instead of being off at war, he was hanging around the house, and he goes up on the roof, and he sees Bathsheba, and she's, she's not dressed, and, and he calls for Bathsheba to come to, to over to his house, and they end up uh, they end up having an affair, and David, in trying to cover all of this up, David actually calls the, the husband of Bathsheba back from war, and, and he, he tells him all of these things, and he tries to get his, her husband to sleep with her so that if there's a child like these, you see how this is happening, it's all, he's trying to cover all of this up, and then David makes it even worse. He sends him back out to the front lines to make sure that her husband actually gets killed, and so we see this, that this is a very cowardly moment. We would all agree on this, that this is a cowardly moment. Well, we would all agree that this is not the right thing, that David, who is said to be a man after God's own heart, is, is, is acting in a way that doesn't seem very godly. It's proof to me that you can have a heart for God, but your actions for God don't always line up. It's proof to me that this, this is why when people call Christians hypocrites, I say, of course we are. Not of course they are, of course we are. Because every single one of us are on a journey. Can I get an amen on that? 
that every single one of us, come on, when, when something happens and somebody says, Pastor, can you, can you believe how they responded in this situation? And really, I'm not ever really caught off guard because I'm like, of course, I can understand because we're all human. We're all on a journey where God is making us more like him. And that's what I love about this church is there's room for us to grow into everything that God has created us to be. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I know that makes some religious folks very uncomfortable. You're like, you should be everything right now, and that's cool. I will be when I die. God will make me completely, entirely sanctified until that point. I will continue to be developed into all that God has created me to be, and we'll go on that journey together as a church. Is that cool if we do that together? Awesome. So Psalm chapter 51, David is, is kind of lamenting. He's praying, and he starts out like this. He says, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Throughout this chapter, you can hear David's heart ringing through. He says, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom, even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Throughout this whole chapter, you hear David's heart. It's, it's, it's so evident, it's so refreshing to, to hear David's honesty in this moment. And today, I, I wanna kind of give you some insight because if you're gonna move past your past, if you're going to kind of, kind of get some space between who you used to be and who you want to be, I, I wanna give you three things that, that I believe will help you make it count, three things that I believe you will be able to, 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 to say, to make statements in your life. And the first one I see, check out verse number three in the first part of verse four again. He says, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. The first thing that you have to be willing to say if you wanna make it count is this, is I have sinned. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. I have sinned. Maybe you ask the question, what is sin? You've been around church, you've heard it thrown around, and, and you just wonder, what is the definition of sin? The, the, the way that, that, that John Wesley actually defines sin is this. He defined it as a willful transgression or an offense of a known law of God. A willful offense of a known law of God. And I believe that so many people, listen to me today, church, I believe that so many people miss out on the amazing things that God wants to do in their life for one or two reasons. The first one is this, is because they won't acknowledge the fact that I have sinned. That's the first person. They, they, won't, they won't even say that. They won't even acknowledge that. But the second person is the person they can't get past this idea of I have sinned. And I wanna speak to the first person before we move on to the second. You see, the reality is, is that you and I have to acknowledge 
that we've sinned. Come come on, if you were to be honest with me and honest with yourself, there's at least been one moment where you've blown it. Let that set in for a second. Has there been one moment where you've blown it? Okay. Pastor, I'm a good person. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying you're a sinner. Pastor, I've never murdered. I didn't say you have. If you have, raise your hand. I'm just kidding, don't do that, 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 don't do that. Freak somebody out. I'm all for second chances, but don't sit beside me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool, that's cool. You might might strike again, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Like, maybe you think, I've never done anything crazy. And I I can get that, but maybe you you would say, maybe you've lied. Maybe you haven't lied. Maybe you've, you've lusted in your heart. Maybe you have a lust in your heart, maybe you've gossiped. And if you would say no to any and all of those things, welcome to the club, you just sinned. <laughs> you've done all of those. <laughs> and you have to come to a place, listen to me, you have to come to a place in your life where you come to God and say something like, God, I've sinned. God, I have sinned. And if you wanna make it count, you have to acknowledge the past. The truth is you just can't live there. Like, we have to acknowledge everything that we've done. We have to acknowledge the places where we've been, but you just can't live there. Let let me talk to the second person, the person who can't get past their past. And I believe this is so prevalent in today's church world. This I have sinned statement, when you say that, it's a great place to start. It's actually a fantastic place to start, but it's a terrible place to live. Come on, can I tell you this, that in your life, that who I was doesn't have to be who you are. I felt like that's the best news I could tell you today is that who you used to be doesn't have to be who you are today. That an event, hear me today, that an event doesn't have to become your identity. That what happened in a moment doesn't have to define the rest of your life. That what you did when you were 15, that what you did when you were 20 or 35 doesn't dictate who you are the rest of your lives. That your name, listen, when you think of your name, it's not adulterer, it's not an addict, it's not gossiper, it's not any number of those things. If you've given your life to Jesus, come on, you are a son or daughter of the king. You are a son or daughter of the king. And don't let any religious folk who have their nose stuck up tell you anything different. You're not who you used to be. That if you come to Jesus and say, I have sinned, come on, he, oh, I will get to that in the, oh, come on, whoo, I'm about to preach ahead of myself right now, about to get ahead of myself. Check out verse seven, because it's about to preach what I'm about to preach, and David preached it better. Amen. He said, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. The second thing you gotta say if you wanna make it count is you gotta say, I will be clean. I will be clean. Church, this is the power of the gospel. This is the power of everything that Jesus went to the cross to offer us. This is the offer that Jesus gives to all of us. David writes in Psalm 103, 12, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. How amazing is that? As how far as the east is from the west, it can't be measured. That's how far he has removed our transgression. That's how much he loves us. And somebody needs to know today that when you ask Jesus to save you, he didn't just pick up where you left off. You are a brand new you with a brand new start. 
And for some of you, that means a lot more because some of you, like Paul said, you are saved from much. And when you're able to say that, you're able to say, hey, I'm not who I used to be, though through Christ I will be clean. And some of you need to make it current and say, I am clean. You need to look at yourself in the mirror today and say, I am clean. I am clean. And here's the cool thing, it's not because of what you did, it's because of everything Jesus did. That you didn't pay the price, he's the only one, he's the only one who could. Some of you haven't made that choice today because you didn't know it was for you. And let me be the first to tell you today that his grace is for you. That his grace is for you. That's how good it is. Like his love, that's for you. His mercy, that's for you. That fresh start that I'm talking about, like that's for you. That's not reserved for some elitist, that's, that's for for you, and some of us are just stuck because we can't get past our past, and, and for some of you, this is your narrative. Jesus, I would love to be used, but I can't because of my past. Jesus, I, I would, I know you've called me to more, but I can't because of all the things I've done. Jesus, I would love to host a group, but if they find out what I've done and where I've been, there's no possible way they will listen to anything that comes out of my mouth. Jesus, I've, I've even been thinking about like partnering here at United, but I, I can't because the moment I get into community and they start to figure out who I used to be, Jesus is saying, listen, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter what you've done, that this this grace, this mercy, this forgiveness, that all of these things that he went to the cross to, to give us, that, that it's for you. And somebody today, some of you today, need to set your past on fire. Some of you today need to act like the boxes out at Denton Camp and light a match and set your past on fire and walk away because Jesus already walked away. And while you're walking away, just start shouting, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. That's not who I am, that's who I used to be. That doesn't define me. Look how David continues, I love this in verse eight. He says, oh give me back my joy again. You ever been there? Give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. You ever felt like that with God? Like, don't keep looking at this. Like, it's nothing to look at here, God. Nothing to look at. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. I love this because you, you start to see and, and hear David's, his heart in this. and You start to, to, to see that the passion that he has for this, that, that he says, oh God, give me back my joy again. He says, create in me a clean heart. God, would you create in me a clean heart? And many of you, you wanna make it count and maybe you're wondering, how do I make it, how do I take this to a new level? Some of us, we need to live a holy life that God has been calling you to seek sanctification that for others of you, like maybe for today, the first time that like, you're gonna choose salvation and that, I think that's amazing, but some of you 
have been following Jesus for a long time and he's been calling you and he's been pulling you and he's been prodding you and he's been loving you and he's been pulling you closer and he wants you to seek him at a deeper level. He wants to create in you a clean heart. He wants to do something new in your heart that some of the things that you've been struggling with, he wants to pull you away from those. And if you know, if your heart's kind of beating out of your chest, you know I'm talking to you today that God is calling you to step not just into salvation, don't stop at salvation, but step into sanctification and let him make you more like himself because it's an amazing journey that David is talking about right here. I love this, verse 11, he says, he continues, he says, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Can you imagine if God took his Holy Spirit away from you? I wanna encourage you today, maybe like you're like, man, my life wouldn't look much different. If your life wouldn't look much different if Jesus took the Holy Spirit away from you, come on, I wanna encourage you to get into his presence, to say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me every single day like you led Jesus? Holy Spirit, I need more of you because it's only in his power can we conquer the things in our life that we need to move past. It's only in his power. He says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Make me willing to obey you. We get to verse 13, and this is kind of where I feel like where we, we have to get to if we wanna make it count. The last verse that we're gonna read today, it says, then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. The last thing you gotta do if you wanna make it count, you you gotta say this, I will teach. Oh, Pastor Kenneth, you missed it. <laughs> I'm introverted. <laughs> I'm not teaching anybody. <laughs> Pastor Kenneth, you, like, I don't know, I was good. I was like, I have sinned, I have sinned. I will be clean, I will be clean, I am clean. You're, you're all in. And then you start, you get an I will teach, you're like, uh, I will not teach. <laughs> but if you listen and you, you see the context of this, David is saying that now my salvation can lead to someone else's salvation. It's not teaching the, the context of I'm teaching. He may call you to that. I think that's awesome. But it's the reality of understanding that, that what David is saying, David is saying, I'm not forgiven to keep it to myself. David is saying, I want others to experience the freedom that I've experienced. David is saying, if, if God can redeem my past, kidding me, that he could do it for you too. You see, it's special that when your mess becomes a platform for someone else's miracle. When you can stop hiding the things that you've done and start realizing that God wants to use them for his glory, I'm not saying flaunt your past. Nobody wants to know every sin you've ever committed. But there is something so powerful about a changed life. I used to be this way, now I'm this way. That's what I mean by I will teach, not, not I'm gonna preach or I'm gonna, none of those things, just that my story matters. That, I have a feeling this is gonna play out for some of you today. That God's been calling you, listen to me today, that God's been calling you into something deeper. And you've been using your past as an excuse.
that somebody has been feeling the call of God on, on their life and they may be 20, they may be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. And you're like, but he can't use me because of my past. I wanna tell you this, that God doesn't wanna use you because of your past, but he does wanna use you in spite of your past. I knew that some of you would have some pushback, that some of you would say, listen, that, that's, not, that's not for me. And, and I knew that would be true. And so I brought a story with me, a story of some of our apprentices and residents who have a variety of backgrounds that God is using. We're in this series, Make It Count, where we've been talking about these lanes of impact. And I wanna show you some apprentices and residents stories from United University, because I believe that some of them may connect with where you are right now. Check these stories out. I'm Devin, and I'm a resident with United University. I'm Brianne, and I am an apprentice with United University. I'm Megan, and I'm an apprentice with United University. My name's Dane, and I'm a resident uh, here with United University. I grew up in a household where both of my parents were ministers, and my father was actually the pastor of our church. Not only was my father a pastor, but he was a strong businessman, and so I got a firsthand look at how uh, hard work and ministry were supposed to look, and that was long hours at the church, uh, getting home late, not really getting to spend as much time as I would like with my parents. Um, all that being said, um, I had a great life. But as I got older, seeing all the hurt that my parents went through as they started their own church and all the families that kind of turned their backs towards us, I always told myself that I would never get involved with ministry. So I met my husband when I was 18. We became friends. And we kept that friendship going for about eight years. He had been diagnosed with melanoma cancer, um, but he lived a normal life. There was, you, you wouldn't have known he had cancer unless he told you. We both knew we were supposed to be together. We got married the summer, July 29th of 2017. And a month later, he started getting uh, really bad migraines. And that's when we had found out that his cancer had spread to his brain. And he passed away that December. And I became a widow at the age of 28 and a single mom to a two-year-old. I kind of witnessed a distorted view of what I originally thought love was. When it was my turn to start dating, I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for, and I didn't know what I was supposed to really bring to the table, so I brought everything. And I developed this really unhealthy dependency, and I just sought for validation in every single person that I could find. Going into uh, my junior year, recently separated, soon to be divorced parents, um, my family kind of dissolving at my feet. I had just been saved that summer um, after not ever being raised in church or really going to church. Um, and so there was a lot of newness. I started playing guitar. Um, it was something that I think I, I wanted to learn for a while and just finally stepped into it. I had friends that played and I got to learn at my own pace. So in the midst of a lot of, so many things that were um, out of my control, uh, I was able to take on something that I was in control of. As I got older, got through high school, I decided I was gonna go find life for myself. And I started making decisions to uh, get involved with drugs and alcohol. 
I actually got so bad at one point that I found myself uh, at a rehabilitation program in Seaford called Belmarva Teen Challenge. And um, it, took, it took a year in that facility to get my life back to where I knew that it was. Um, it was something that I wanted God to use. And so um, once I graduated that program, I knew wholeheartedly that there was something more that God had for my life. I thought that I was grieving correctly. I almost viewed it like a checklist. I got myself in with a therapist. I got to sit in school. I got myself back to work. Looking back, obviously I wasn't fine. My mom had been attending this church called United, and she had been poking, poking at me to come with her. And I came finally uh, Easter and left that day very jealous of this peace that everyone around me seemed to be feeling when I didn't have any peace at all. In, you know, these toxic relationships that I was in where I was just giving and giving and giving and not receiving anything back, um, I almost grew angry with God and I would think to myself, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I giving everything that I have and bending over backwards for these people who really don't deserve it and it's still not enough. Like I would always ask myself and ask God, why am I never enough and why aren't these people seeing me as enough? My relationship with God was kind of like an on and off switch. I loved being around people. It was those moments when um, when you're kind of by yourself, you know, those moments got heavier and heavier. I started to just to realize a lot of emotions and um, different anxieties and different um, wrestlings with, with, you know, fits of depression, and, and I just, I didn't understand it. Once I got plugged into United, I immediately realized, hey man, you are not loving your life like Jesus loved the church, you're not tithing, you are not really living your life like God intended. So we both did Growth Track Express and uh, joined the worship team, and within a couple months, we had uh, our lives were really changed. I mean, we found a community of people who didn't really care as much about how talented we were, but um, what we brought as people, and they, they cared more about us than they cared about what we did. So after a few months of being on the worship team, um, I was approached by our worship director, Dave Dill, and he came to me and said, man, I see so much more than a guitar player in you. I see a leader. And that was a really hard moment for me because all I saw was an ex-drug addict who hadn't really ever accomplished much. And I had to wrestle with that. They'd start singing, just a few minutes, I would feel, I'd feel better. I would feel like my world wasn't just shattered. I still wasn't completely forgiving of God. So I signed up for Growth Track Express. I wasn't sure about it. I didn't know if I was gonna really enjoy it, but we were gonna try. I decided to come to United um, by myself, which was really scary for me at the time, but I went in and I'm really glad that I did because I loved it. The message um, was about um, the scarlet letters that we wear 
and how um, Pastor Kenneth was teaching us that the only letter that we need to wear is a capital R for God's righteousness, and that anything else that we were doing um, before that and whatever we were marking ourselves with before that didn't matter. I was I was coming to church. I, you know, I was coming to United, but I wouldn't even walk into the auditorium. I would show up late. Some of the pastors knew that I that played music. So um, comes that question. You know, what do you think? That's what do you think of worship team? So, uh, shoved it off, kind of like shrugged it off for a long time. And, uh, you know, then I finally said yes. On one of the last days of Ignite Camp, Pastor Kenneth and I were watching the dodgeball tournament, and I pulled him aside, and I said, hey, I've never felt God's presence in my life the way that I have this week. I feel this huge calling, and I'm not really sure what to do with it. And he said, great. How about United University? We got a phone call from Pastor Mark Tenefoss saying, um, hey man, we're starting this awesome thing called United University. And Pastor Mark approaches me and he, he says, uh, you know, he offers the apprenticeship with United University. And he says, just think about it. I was going to say yes, because anything that was going to lead me more to this feeling of acceptance and peace that I felt growing within me, I was all about being a part of. Um, he said, this is a great way for you to find your gifts and strengths and really step into that calling. I'm saying yes, because I don't want to miss something good. I just wanted to be a part of something that I knew that I'd been waiting so long for. And I get a phone call from Shania, and I pick up and she's crying. And I'm like, babe, what's going on? What's wrong? And she said, babe, there's been a change in healthcare, and we don't have a lot of patients right now. And they had to let me go. It's crazy, the day before I started my residency, she got a phone call and got an offer at a job in Dover um, with better pay, better benefits, and more vacation time. That's when we knew that God's hand was all over this thing. In, in this journey of kind of stepping into United University, it's been such a, an interesting thing because I, I never knew I don't know that I really set any expectation for what it would have been. Um, you know, they're, they're telling you that you can do everything that you convince yourself that you're unable to do and um, because they're just, they're looking through a different lens. Let's take what God gave you. Let's take what these strengths that you were born with and let's celebrate them and now use them to help others. I teach preschool. So Monday through Friday, I'm in a classroom of three-year-olds. And um, to realize that I have this calling in my life to work with children and to be encouraging and this newfound love through God, um, it allows me to be patient with my three-year-olds throughout the week. It allows me to pull on their gifts and strengths and teach them in a way that is tailored to their interests. I really started to understand grace, to be able to lead people um, even when we think we can't and to be able to, to care for people and, and, to, and to love people. This love with God made me realize that being a widow is just part of who, it's who I am, but it's just part of who I am. It's just this chapter of my life that God's going to use so I can help someone else. It's just been really amazing to look back at all the things that I've walked through to get to this point. Uh, from knowing at a young age that there was something special that God had for me in my life, um, to walking through all the addiction, um, walking through all of the pain that I put myself through to finally be at a place where I know God's hand is all my life. Maybe today you just wonder, what in the world does this have to do with me? 
Today, I wanted to show you just a few of the people whose lives are being changed. And I have a feeling that there's some people in here today that you feel like God's called you to something more, that God has stirred something in your soul. And I'm not saying that you have to leave what you're doing for a career and come work at United. That's not what this is about. It's not, it's not a pitch. But I wanted you to see that no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done or where you've been, that, that God can use you. That you can set your past on fire, that you can walk away, and that God has great plans for you. And, and so what we begin to develop is, is kind of two things that I wanted to talk about very briefly is, is the United University Intensive, which is an eight-week look. This is, for, this is for anybody, for everybody. You can apply for this. You can step into this where they talk about character formation. They talk about leadership development. They talk about theology. They talk about all these things. Maybe today that's the more. You're like, man, I, I just feel like there's something more that God has for me, and I want to kind of begin to develop that. It'll be in the evenings, and so even if you work, you can come and check that out. Maybe for some of you, the apprenticeship, you want to know more about that. It's a little bit of a deeper dive. Whatever it is, I just want to encourage you, you can text the word university to 94,000 right now, and you can have, a, it'll have a link sent to you where you can sign up for this to find out more. And for some of you, for some of you, listen, you're like, I, I'm not, that's not for me. I'm so excited for them, but you're on the other side of legacy. And when you give to legacy, when you think about these things, when you think about United University and you see these stories, you get so pumped up and jacked up because people's lives are literally being changed. When you're giving to Devons, you're giving to Danes, you're giving to Megan's, you're giving to Brianne's. And I don't know about you, but that excites me to no end to think that when me and Sherry give to Legacy, come on, we are making an impact on names and individuals whose lives they're making account. So today, what I want to do is I just wanted to throw that out there to you because you're on one side or the other. We have the chance to fuel it on December 8th through the Legacy offering, or you have the chance to be on the other side of it and participate in it, or both. So today, what I wanna do is I wanna pray for us that God will begin to grow something in our life. And regardless of what you hear today, hear me say this, that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, that God wants to forgive you. And he doesn't wanna use you because your past. He wants to use you in spite of it. He's got big plans for you today. Let me pray. Jesus, you are so good to us. God, I'm so thankful for my, my friends in United University right now, God, who are growing. I'm so thankful for those that are 50, 60, 40, somewhere around that, that you're gonna strike a chord in their heart today that they're gonna be a part of this intensive because they wanna know the more that you've placed inside of them. Lord, I'm so thankful for those that the apprentice, they're gonna wanna know more, God. And, and Lord, for the other side, those who in, on December 8th, we're gonna have the opportunity to support it. God, I pray that you would just move us, that you would show us exactly how and where we are to participate, God, and how your kingdom is moving forward. God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Jesus, you are so worthy of all of it. It's in Jesus' amazing and powerful name we pray.